previously on Box Cutters. He, he always was a respectable person who uh, got ousted by a bench and, and uh, reinstated to his rightful position. Some would say, Josh. Oh my God. Some would say. Like, I don't, you I just said it. I don't, really just, wanna, I don't really want to get into the politics of, of what's going on around us. You can't just to you this discussion. <laughs> no. No, I hope you, you can't. Cheap shot. Wait till episode 351, then you can take all the cheap shots you want. You can't have a feminist on your show and call our former prime minister a bitch either. That is not cool. <laughs> Rolling. Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 349. Sorry, I didn't realise you were such a pedant. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Dave Lawson. Hello, guys. To my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Coming up on this episode of Box Cutters, we're going to be reviewing the US series Rectify. Don't make it dirty. And uh, also, the, uh, the we're going we're gonna to have an I don't buy it about the first. What the entire nation's talking about this week. Essendon? No. The Ashes? No. The election! Yes. Mm-mm-mm. Can we, I uh, say I love what you've done with the uh, the studio, with the streamers and the balloons? Is this because this is the last time I'll be sitting next to you, Josh Canal? Well, I, I'm hoping it's not the last time ever, mm. Dave Lawson. I think it's the last time you'll be sitting next to me in a box cutter's scenario. It's. Um, can I just say uh, congratulations on... Seven and a half, eight years, nine years, fifteen look, years. How long have you been doing it for? Let's call it twenty-two. Twenty-two years doing mm. box mm. cutters. It's mm. that's a great effort. Yeah, yeah. Well done. It's uh, yeah. you know, we worked we worked hard at it, uh, and uh, and this grey hair hasn't hasn't come by itself. <laughs> it's tw- you- twenty-two long hard years of podcasting. Even that's so much longer before podcasting was even. Did invented. you have no grey hair when you started? I just, I barely I barely had chest hair. When I started, it's like um, give us a look now. Twenty <laughs> Come special on, for the video podcast. Take there it off. Still no video podcast. Take Camera it two, off. Zoom in. Take it off. Take it all off. <sighs> Show me what you got under the shirt, baby. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> oh, there's Ben McKenzie. Hopefully, he's going to come in with some facts. I was just going to say, under my shirt, I've got enough hair for both of us. Take so it off, it's Ben. Okay. What? Take it off, I will. baby. Don't make me. Well, I, I don't want him to take his shirt off. Later on, I want him to take his uh, take his hat off. Ooh. But what sort of hat is is that today? That's, that's is chest that? hair, isn't it? It's a, it is, is a chest it is hair fashioned into a hat? Into a bowler hat. Oh. I thought I'd go a little bit Mr. Is it Steve only tonight. chest hair? It just looks like there's some other sort of strays in there. Uh, no, that's what all of the hair on my that's, body looks like. That's, that is, who is your Milner? Uh, I can't disclose that because <laughs> it's actually illegal to make clothes out of human hair. Is it? Yeah, I don't want to get her it in trouble. It can't be illegal. To make out of, out of your own hair, probably not. But no. prove that it's your hair. But... What, you'd needed some kind of Well, I might have been selling test. some of my hair so she could make hats for other people, and that is illegal. <gasps> I've been um, collecting my 50% dog. 50% of the population but discounted right now. Nobody can prove it, so. Yeah. I've been collecting my dog hair in a Safeway bag to make a scarf or jumper out of it one day. Have you ever seen that list of, like, extraordinary books, and there's that one about knit your own jumper out of dog hair? Like, it's a real <laughs> can, book. Can, I can imagine you could weave it. Uh, what do we talk about here in this? What are, we, what are we here for? I think we talk about hair. I, I, cause, cause, cause Welcome to Dave, Haircutters. Dave Lawson, you did, a, you, you did like, a gardening kind of show sure. on, uh, on the Channel 10. Sure, yeah. Uh, I, I like the idea of you having a Handy Hints show. Mm-hmm. 
and one of those handy hints. <laughs> How to weave a jumper out of... Out of dog hair. Out of dog hair. Any hair. Yeah. Just collect it. There's, there's definitely a show in that. I don't, I don't know what... Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the networks are thinking, not putting you on TV more often. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've told people that you're playing Gary in, uh, in, in the uh, In Excess story. Oh, have you? Yeah. There's a lot of Garys in it, though. I will tell I'm you that just, much. So you look for one be, for one guy. There's at least twelve two. Gary. There's about twelve Garys in it. So uh, I've just told people you're playing Gary. Gary, yeah. That's, that's, just that's keep it. it. Keep it at that. Uh, keep it at that for yeah. now. I might have even said too much. <laughs> but no one listens to this, do they? No, no one. No, no one in television listens to this, do they? That's why I'm leaving. Get out of here. We yeah. Uh, we've got some pork. Uh, we've got one thing. As always, though, we're going to kick things off with the box cutters news. <laughs> Brett, but stop it with the sucking hammocks. Oh, I've got one more episode, one more episode, <laughs> yeah. one more episode of Brett just making that horrible sucking sound. At the, don't you start. I don't think he can help it. I don't think he can help it. I, I thought that was Ben's mic. No, that was a, that was a <laughs> Geiger counter going on. the Geiger off. counter sound. <laughs> anyway, I believe there was some news, Josh. Stay tuned for the end of the show when we'll have the wheel. <laughs> not not anymore. So... so Ben, I'm only talking to you now because you're, you're the only sensible one here. Fair enough. There, there was a time there, there was a time back in Boxcutter's history when I would get so annoyed with Brett Cropley that I would actually just get up and storm out of the studio. Wow. And, uh, and now with Brett and Dave, you know, I could just, it just might happen. Just might happen again. Terrible. I know. Will it? Or will you? No, nah, probably not. I'm a professional now. I was just amateur, rank amateur back then. Peter Capaldi. Uh, you might know his name from everybody talking about him being the next doctor. Yeah, you might. Oh, yeah. It was an exciting day today. We up at four o'clock this morning. Ben. I was. I got up at four o'clock. Bless the ABC. Seen, you should have seen his boner on the t- like, like on Twitter. You could see it from the moon. Now, hey, whoa, hey, whoa, hey. Your, your Twitter Doctor Who boner. That, okay, well that. If okay. only the Twitter feed they, they had on the show uh, included the pictures you were posting. It would have been a much more. Not G-rated show. So no, fil- film in if they found a new is it a new Doctor Who? Yeah. So Matt Smith announced he was leaving a little while ago. It shocked a lot of people that it was happening early because mm. uh, he's only done he's, he's only done three seasons, well, but everyone assumed only- he was going to stay for four because his contract was four years. But they split up his seasons into two halves, so okay. he did three seasons over four years. So and he's only fifteen years old. And he's only fifteen years old, so he's gone off to be. Um, uh, you know the, he's going to be famous in Hollywood now, so uh, so he's mm. not doing it anymore. And yes, they they announced that, and then they decided they would announce the new Doctor quite early because they don't want media hype around the specials to be diverted away from the specials. They want to talk about the specials then, so they announced it in a special live program, uh, which uh, John uh, John Richards described as being like. Uh, Britain's next top time lord (laughs) (laughs) Uh, which I thought was the best description I heard because it was like there was a whole half hour leading up to one piece of information which is here's the guy because they don't they haven't announced anything about the character or the costume or anything just here's the actor and he's a massive Doctor Who fan Mm. he he wrote into the Radio Times when he was 15 to say great article about Daleks guys and um (laughs) 
like <laughs> it, yeah he's serious about it and he's 55 so he's considerably older than the mm-hmm. last few actors who played the doctor um, but he's the same age as the very first doctor was William when he Hartnell. started William Hartnell um, although back then in 1963 they made William Hartnell wear a white wig and pretend to be really old like you know like 60s oh. 70s 80s even like really old and decrepit because he was 55 and they wanted him to play it older. Now, I don't think... I think, if anything, Peter Capaldi will be playing it as a sprightly young man they in did, an old man's body. They didn't mention which accent he's going to be using. No, I think I think they might get him to change it because I think they will want him to divorce himself from the other so characters well he's played. he's Scottish he is, swearing. But he's, yeah, he's really well known for the swearing and I think that they'll want to avoid too much of that. And already the internet is full of... Um, or fairly tedious already jokes. Uh, uh, did, did you see? Did you see my joke about that, Ben? No, what was yours? My, my joke was was my favourite. Yeah, of course it was. <laughs> Tell me yours. Uh, I can't wait to see Matt Smith's uh, deal with bureaucrats with a sonic screwdriver, because uh, everyone's talking about Peter Capaldi swearing at uh, Daleks. Yep. See, see what I did there? I turned it around. Yep. I turned it around. Made it a joke about typecasting. That's what I did there. It's really good. That's, uh, thanks. Did Thanks. you have to Thanks. explain it on Twitter as well? <laughs> I, uh, yes. you, I, I'm just watching Josh get out his iPhone and deleting <laughs> his Twitter account, <laughs> I think. Fine. Yeah, that's great. Um, that's good. I actually, no, have, that's I actually good. have to use an actual drum kit for that. That's, yeah. that's uh, I should say uh, that there was, there was a lot of speculation before the announcement that maybe this was the time when they would cast a woman or a non-white person as the Doctor. Um, and we would have, again, John's phrase that I loved, a, a doctor of colour, which I thought was a, was a great phrase. Um, it didn't happen. And look, I think a lot of us think it's a, it's a very safe, popular choice because everybody knows who, well, a lot of people know he's, who Peter Capaldi he's is. A, he's a well-known non-woman. Yes, he is. Um, so it's a bit disappointing that they didn't, you know, do something a bit more crazy to shake the tree. But on the other hand, I have to say that having watched a few uh, reaction videos on Tumblr, some of the younger fans are not happy. There's one in particular of a young woman who's watching it. And uh, when they announce the name, she says, who the fuck? And then, and then there's a bit of a delay and he comes out and she goes, what the? He's old and ugly. I'm done. I am done. And it, she's clearly serious. And I was just watching it going, you have learned, learned nothing this, from this, Doctor Who. This could, is not the message. I was going to say, is it, is it stunt casting? Like, is it, is it a way for BBC to get... Uh, Sorry, for, for the Doctor Who production team to get more funding from the BBC because they've got a well-known name in there. That's a good question. I mean, he is, he is uh, the first really well-known actor to be cast in the role since, you know, the 70s and the 80s. Um, Peter Davison was super well-known when he was cast and uh, John Pertwee was fairly well-known as well. Um, even Wim Hartnell and Patrick Troughton were well-known but for other things other than yeah. TV, really. So it's, um, but since then, yeah, nobody really famous has been cast. So he's, he's quite high profile for the main role. Uh, it could be that they just needed to find someone very quickly. Um, they claimed that they had a short list of one name and they just wanted him to do it, and he said yes. So who knows? Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how long he stays on. Like, there's no there's no news yet uh, of how long he's signed on for. Whether he's going to do one year or three or however long. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. He has been in both Doctor Who and uh, Torchwoods yes. previously. Do you think they'll need to explain that away at all? Oh, I don't think they will. It's not the first time. Interestingly, uh, Karen Gillan, who played uh, Amy Pond, the Doctor's previous companion, um, she was also in that same episode that Peter Capaldi was in. Uh, and they've never explained that. They also cast Freema Adjuman, who played uh, Martha, another previous companion. She was in a previous episode, although they did reference that and say that was her cousin. 
Uh, and Colin Baker, who played the Sixth Doctor, was in a Fifth Doctor story where he shot the Fifth Doctor <laughs> and tried to kill him. Uh, and then he got cast in the role. So it's, I think that they, you know, it's got precedent that sometimes the Doctor regenerates into someone who looks like somebody he's met. And indeed, Romana did the same thing because Lala Ward was in Doctor Who before she played Romana. So I, I hope that they won't because I think it would be tedious and unnecessary. Mm. I, I drifted. It was too much, too much Doctor Who. That's fine. It's Let's move on. Let's move on. That's one shoot, new story down. Shoot the robots, save the world. Or the universe, or whatever. And That's s- it. And swear. Isn't it Do save they? the robots? Save the cheerleader. I, I, I don't remember. Hey, you know, uh, ABC uh, is going to be commissioning more original content for Avu. Specifically for their online, so not for uh, broadcast before going to the Avu section. There. That's a good idea. It's great. It's a great opportunity for uh, for upcoming TV content makers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, internet internet stars. My my favorite news story. That's that's pretty much that whole story, right? My favorite my favorite story in this whole list is I think Ben McKenzie. Did you add number four to the list? Oh yeah, I added number four. Star Trek's most famous Klingon dies, aged ninety one. Everyone confused. Now, the reason I put everyone confused is because all the headlines say Star Trek's most famous Klingon and the actor's first name is Michael. So, everybody immediately is going, oh, no, Michael, Michael Dorn, who played Worf. Yes. Um, but it's not him. It's uh, Michael and Sarah who played Kang in the original Star Trek series and came back and did it in the later series as well. Who died? Who's 91? And so, it's a, I think it's a, bit, it's a bit rich to say he's the most famous Klingon. When, an, when, when Ricardo Montalbain... Played Khan, who was also a Klingon. He wasn't a Klingon. Khan? Khan's not a Klingon. What do you mean? Khan's not a Klingon. He's a genetically engineered superhuman. But hey, come on, Josh. His, his crew yeah, come were... Come on, Josh. Look, when you invite a nerd on the show, I you thought... can't be wrong about these things. Yeah. Sorry. Come on, Josh. What about, ta- what about Tattoo? Josh. <laughs> He's not a Klingon either. <laughs> He's not a Klingon. He's a bog. Who put in this uh, news item about uh, FX making Fargo? That was me. Ben, you just... Do you want to sit in this seat? Is that, is that what you're doing? I just... I was bored today. <laughs> I, I, spent, I spent the first half of the day talking to people about Doctor Who and then the second half of the day going, oh, well, now that's over. What am I going to do now? I didn't, I didn't look at this news story because the, uh, the, the whole story is in the, is, is in the headline. Yeah, there's no more details. And uh, uh, so Billy Bob Thornton is going to be in an FX series, a short-run series of the movie Fargo. That kind of seems silly and crazy. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Is there precedent? Like, um, I mean, how many? There's not a lot of films that have been turned into movies, um, except for ones you know that were based on a Dead book. Like me, uh, TV, I mean, TV I mean, series. Buffy, TV yeah. series. I mean, yeah. Buffy. Sorry, but, but Buffy the Vampire. Oh, Buffy. Sorry. Yeah, that's true. They, they did that quite successfully. Yeah. Uh, there was Firefly, there was a Ferris there was a Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yep. Uh, TV series was there? Yeah, it did not last very long. Uh, Parent- Parker, Parker Lewis can't lose. I think it was called. Is it different? No, it's different. Different show. Oh, there was Parker Lewis. Very Don't good show. Yeah, well. Parker mm. Lewis can't lose. Fantastic show. That's why they showed it at four o'clock on Channel mm. Nine, four a.m. and uh, and actually beat Ferris Bueller's Day Off into the like to on air. And Ferris Bueller's Day Off was just terrible. So. Right. Uh, or the Ferris Bueller TV show, just terrible. I assume not with uh, Matthew Broderick. No. Nor uh, no. Rooney. There's a clueless uh, TV series. Mm-hmm. There, That's uh, right. there, there was uh, another one that I was just thinking of earlier. And uh, okay, so what you're saying is it's not the first. No, but it is a short run series. I think it's only ten episodes. So I don't know if that makes a difference. But it's interesting. I don't know how they're going to do that. But yeah, I thought it was weird. And they've announced no cast except Billy Bob Thornton. 
Yeah. He's well, going to sell the whole thing by himself. So this, and saying that nobody from the movie will be uh, reprising their roles on the TV series. This, except for Steve Buscemi's corpse, which would just be a bucket of blood. Like Kevin so, Costner in The Big Chill. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is... So this is part of my problem with, with TV at the moment. Uh, FX used to be really uh, edgy, really risky with their shows. They, they would commission really edgy work. Well, like and, Josh. Uh, like The Shield. Mm-hmm. Uh, we never, we'd never seen a cop drama like The Shield before, yep. and it just blew us away in, in terms of what they were doing with the with the TV series. Now, FX is commissioning really safe material in the same way that Netflix commissioned really safe material with uh, House of Cards and. Uh, and season four of Arrested Development, there was always going to be an audience for that. There is, of course, going to be an audience for Billy Bob Thornton and uh, and Fargo with FX. There's no risk in these uh, in these TV commissions anymore. Uh, I'm kind of over it. I think that's it. I think I'm done for box cutters soon. You're out. Yeah, because TV's dead. TV is largely dead. It's just long live TV. So that's a safe, non-creative world. Yeah, I think it's gonna it's gonna take a while. It's gonna take a while for uh, for that risky creativity to Are come. Are you gonna back. start up an internet cutters sort of website or uh, podcast now? No. What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm doing. There's a, a. I've got another podcast called The Nudge, mm. uh, which is about design, not about the guy from Hey Dad. Not a, no no. And that is the box cutters news. Looking to cut boxes. Well, you've come to the right place because you're on the box cutters. You've podcasted and you're boxing the cut. You're cutting the box with the box cutters. Ooh, yaka, 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 yaka. Peter Rosethorn, box cutting friend. We are here because of the perverse miracle that Daniel is still alive and because of the outright fluke that crucial DNA evidence was not lost or thrown away or destroyed. We are here because the DNA testing conclusively disputes that there was a sole perpetrator or that the sole perpetrator was Daniel Holden as the state had claimed. Let's hope that the prosecution and politicians go after the real killers instead of going after an innocent man a second time. Daniel. Hello. I'm not sure what to make of this drastic change of course in my life. I'm certainly not against it. Over the past two decades, I have developed a strict routine which I followed religiously, you might say. A way of living and and thinking, or not thinking, as was often the point of, well, point. Now, this way of being didn't encourage the contemplation that a day like today could ever occur or a tomorrow like tomorrow will will be for me now. I had convinced myself that kind of optimism served no useful purpose in the world where I existed. Obviously, this radical belief system was flawed and was, ironically, a kind of fantasy itself. At the least, I feel that those specific coping skills were best suited to the life there. 
behind me, I doubt they will serve me so well for the life in front of me. So I will seriously need to reconsider my worldview. Rectify is a US series that stars Australian Aidan Young as a uh, a man released from prison once some new evidence comes out that suggests he may not be guilty of the murder of a woman from a number of years ago. And the series follows him as he is relocated with his family from prison, goes back into his hometown and has to live his life uh, waiting to find out if the prosecution will reopen the case to try to get him sent back to prison or if he is actually going to be free. He has to learn how to live in the world again with everything having changed and needs to uh, basically get his crap together. It sounds like a really exciting and... Uh, and uh, possibly, uh, I don't know, action-packed TV series. You know, someone gets out of prison and there's lots of drama in the town and, uh, you know, opportunity to get into fights, get into lots of bar fights and uh, and uh, smash pool cues and scream at family members and yell and, mm-hmm. and just, just fist-shaking, foot-thumping, great it, action. I thought there could even be a bit more of that, uh, what's that? That's the internet, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. A little bit like just pretending you like he's, on that. You missed out on this. He's come out of a coma. Yeah, right? yeah. That yeah. sort of thing. What's What's this thing? Oh, that's a black president. Like that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's true. And it's true. Uh, and Rectify does not have any of that. Instead, it has some of the best written drama with slow pacing, large silences, and uh, and beautiful lighting that uh, that uh, you've seen on on television it does not look like a tv show for for me having just said that there's no really exciting or risky tv uh, i eat those words from <laughs> moments <up>. ago <laughs> because rectify is that risky mm. exciting tv it is uh, it, it is tv that is trying to get audiences to behave differently and i think it is it is very slow. It's it's slow, but beautiful and superb, and really digs into the the psyche of mm. of humanity. is is how I feel about it. I'm I'm early on into the into the series, um, and is is it there, is there is it just a lot of I think it did it. I don't think it did it. I think it. <laughs> I, I think it did it. Yeah, it's a bit more nuanced than that. <laughs> I think it's less that mm. and more. This guy's been uh, sitting in solitary uh, mm. on death row for more than half of his life, um, and and just isn't is, had resigned himself to being dead mm. rather than walking out of the place, and and doesn't have those those uh, social skills to be able to deal with people in a normal way. He's completely mm. forgotten about all yeah, that. He's great. I it took me a while to realize. Oh, that's that. Um, it's that Aussie that, guy. That's that Aussie guy. Was he in East Street? He, he was in something like that, wasn't he? I didn't. Young, I, don't, I don't know what. I don't know what he was in as a. As a youngster, I first came to know him because he was in a Canadian film about uh, a, a, about a missionary. East West One Hundred One. He was in Love of Another Catastrophe or something like that. Was he in something like that? Yes, one he of those. Was. He was in something like one that. One of those. And it's even even Metal before Skin. That. Metal Skin. He was in Metal Skin. Metal Skin. Cosy. 
Cozy. Oh, wow. Yeah. It is some of the uh, most refined acting I've seen on, mm. on television in a long time. Basically, basically since... Uh, since shows like uh, Oz or or The Shield or uh, uh, or Deadwood or The Sopranos, where you where you get to see people just in their element when no one else is watching, mm. and you see what's happening when nobody else is watching them, and I, I think everyone in this in this show does that superbly. Good. Um, there's a great soundtrack to it as well. I I yeah, really yeah. like the music in it. There, there is. Yeah. There is. There's a drones song yeah. in, the mm. first, in the first episode. The, towards the end of... Is it the end of the... End, oh, end of the first episode. And I, I watched that. No, and they play the whole song as well. It's I watched not, that. Not just a snip. Oh, well, that's that yeah. sold me on the yeah, rest okay, of the series. Good show. Good show. Yeah. Done. Um, now, this why this is an original show. It wasn't based on a show coming out of Scandinavia, and that isn't why mm. uh, we have episode after episode and not much happening. <laughs> Heaps happens in every episode. So much happens in every there's, episode. There's a lot of kind of just, just wandering around. It's a little bit like Tom Cruise on the streets of New York in in uh, that thing with Nicole Kidman. Eyes, Eyes Wide, Wide Shut. Yes. That excellent, excellent Kubrick film. Eyes Wide Shut. I, I, I had problems with the characters' motivations there. I think you have problems with. I'm so angry. Uh, uh, do, do, do you have? Do you have? Uh, do you have? Because this is a lot of self-reflection mm, in mm. this show. Heaps, heaps. And you're not a very self-reflective guy. I am quite self-reflective. I I think I I know what the what what the reason was for this guy being like he is. He never got enough hugs. There's there's such a <laughs> there's such a standoffishness in 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 uh, physical uh, intimacy between the family there mm. that uh, he missed that's out true. on that, and uh, that's why he's like he is. There is one scene which I don't I find it hard to buy that he's up in the loft looking through his old belongings, finds a his old Walkman and some tapes. Yep, gets some batteries out of a torch, puts it in the Walkman, and it works. Those batteries would have died after twenty years. It's the whole show is unbelievable. That's, that's such a that, that's a cropply thing to say. It's like, it I is, isn't it? I don't understand. He just he walked he walked up the stairs. He walked up the stairs, but the don't buy it. But looking looking out from the front door, it looks like the street is just pretty much on level. What's that, going on there? That was actually one of the more beautiful scenes. In I, the it was a great it was a great scene. Yeah. But the batteries. I don't. I don't think they would have played. Just wrangled. <laughs> no. Uh, so, Brett, did you like it? Yes. Did you watch... I, I liked ha- it. I watched it? the entire series. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a little bit like The Killing. Uh, you really need to wait for the second season to, to find out. No! There's no. Firstly, there's no second season of Rectify thus far. Are you sure it hasn't been commissioned for a second season? Yeah, but you don't have to wait for the second season to enjoy the first series of Rectify. Yeah. Like, it doesn't resolve much. It doesn't... But... The point is not resolution. Like, like, the point is coming to terms with, uh, with reality. That's the and that's that to me is the is the point of of rectify is you have to come to terms with with reality and understand that life is unfair. It is a season that asks a lot more questions than it answers. What? Why did that guy kill himself? Mm. Hmm? Like like it sets up so much. It's it's maybe like the first four episodes of Arrested Development. It's just setting up stuff for for it to be able to go. Oh, on. You just you're just baiting me. Like now. I I enjoy the self reflection and and even the pacing. Um, but but when I think about it overall for ten episodes, 
have we come far at all from him making the speech awkwardly as he's getting released to the end of the 10th yet? You know, it's people like you, Brett Cropley, that ruined Twin just Peaks. Asking, just ask it's, it's people like you that ruined Twin Peaks, people who demanded a resolution to the mystery of who murdered Laura Palmer. When it's a it nice meditation. It didn't need, right? It didn't need to be solved. It should have always been there in the background who murdered Laura Palmer. Is he innocent or is he guilty? That does never need to be answered in Rectified. It seems we're being pushed towards he's innocent. Does it? I think it did it. Because there are the other guys that are are Mm. leading the charge on lock him up. Yeah, do whatever. Yeah, but we <laughs> who, who seem a little bit dodgy on. There's on a lot of baddie, baddie types in there. We see, but we see things mostly from his perspective or his family's perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you see things from the other side, if you see things from the dead girl's brother's perspective, right? These people want justice. This is this is the first show I've seen in a long time that has really dealt with the issue of justified outrage. And uh, or, or you know self self justified outrage, justified outrage that an innocent man walked free, or like, like or they're, justified they're, outrage that a guilty man walked. There free. does seem to be this real kind of southern Christian arrogance about God damn it, we didn't get to kill that guy. That's that's largely because if they killed that guy, they would get closure, right? Whether or not he and, was and, guilty, and they would get closure. Perhaps the guys that actually did it got away with it. Right, it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. The the people who want closure would have closure. The people like you, Brett Cropley, who want closure for a storyline, would get closure by having this man killed. They would think that justice no. had been done. No, 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 no. That's, yeah, you, you, constantly, you constantly want. You, that's that's what you're saying. What you're saying is have you a, would have a flash forward. You would bring you would bring Aiden Young. You would bring Aiden Young into this studio and you would execute him on the spot. <laughs> that's what you're saying to me right now. That's not what I'm even, saying. Even even because you don't understand the difference between acting. And real people. <laughs> this is true. He always thinks you're acting, Dave. Does he? He always thinks. He always thinks. Oh, it's the guy for the telly. It's the guy for the telly. See, I can touch him, Mum. It's the is guy. That, that's, it's is the that guy that's Stephen t- Curry. Is that why you d- always did with the touchy? It's always, it's always what. Um, Dave, did you did you like Rectify? What did yeah, you like? I did like it. I think I will. I probably would like to even sit down with it again. Uh, I had a few distractions. You've got uh, a young while, child. While I was watching it, and there was a couple of scenes, I was like, whoa, 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 let's turn around. But there, there didn't, didn't go much further than that. It's just when people were getting it on a little bit. that, But there's, there wasn't anything too too crazy. Um, that So I recommend it for your two-year-old. Two um, and the other thing, too, he did seem like he, was, he came out pretty healthy of death row, didn't he? Healthy, like well-fed? Well-fed, yeah. Well, they do feed them. Yeah, and there's no exercise, so that's how I got around that so little just, problem. So you're just, you're just looking for holes. <laughs> you're looking for holes. There were, there were really <laughs> annoying continuity errors in there. There's there's plats that move around. There was a, a goat trailer that wasn't on the back of the car when they got dropped off. <laughs> <laughs> there's Funny. batteries that work after 20 years in storage. It's I want the, those uh, batteries. I want those batteries. It's, one of the, it's a uh, sci-fi, Dave. It's one of <laughs> Magic's futuristic I'm batteries. I'm sure they can make them. I know they can make them. It's the best. It's the best photographed TV show since the first Top series Gear. of Friday Night Lights. Top Gear is a beautiful looking show. Mm, yeah, that's. <laughs> um, I, I should say that uh, whenever I said ten episodes, I meant six episodes, of course. Yeah, 
It's Rectify. It was uh, released by the Sundance Channel in the US. I'm sure you can uh, pick it up on DVD at some point. Uh, it uh, it started airing in April of 2013. So if you can't pick it up yet, you should be able to pick it up mm. soon. Are you one of those that follows the answer? Follows, Pepsi, follows Pepsi, Pepsi, Pepsi is putting coke into their ass. I can talk as much as I Freeze want. Got the sly look. Sly look. Sly look. Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July. Go down on you. So the election... The election was uh, was announced uh, that it's going to happen on September 7th. Mm-hmm. This is, what, the 15th election that Boxcutters has gone through, Brett Cropley. Oh, 22 years. That's a lot of elections in 22 yeah, years. Yeah, it's been a very busy time in Australia. Yeah. Very busy time. Uh, it's It may have been that many prime ministers or that many, that many handovers or uh, something. I don't know. That many spills. That many tweets, at least. The uh, The... Uh, so the election has been called September 7th, and last weekend the first ads started coming out. Uh, the election was called on the Sunday. Sunday night during the Channel 9 news, the ALP had their first ad. And it was this. Our nation faces many new challenges, and I know for sure that the old politics of negativity just won't work. We're a nation of just 23 million. To compete, we must be a smarter nation. That's why we're investing so much into our schools. Our kids will get the individual attention they need. Mm. We did better than practically all other countries through the GFC. But now with the China mining boom receding, we need a new way to drive the economy forward. We must work with business to grow the economic pie. I want to see Australia make things the world needs, creating new jobs. We need to diversify our economy, build the new industries of the future and not have all our eggs in one basket. I'm optimistic about Australia's future. I believe we can meet any challenge the world throws at us, but it means we need a better way, a smarter way, a new way to secure Australia's future. Where do I vote? So, uh, I don't buy that. No? For for for, for oh. a second, because it's it's largely just a whole bunch of meaningless phrases that are designed to get people excited about the future of Australia, mm-hmm. but it doesn't actually say. I mean, there's no policy attached to it. There's no uh, concept other than we all want the world to be a better place. Uh, that's that's what Kevin Rudd's saying in a minute and five seconds. It's that's uplifting, a, though. The music, you've got to admit, the music was pretty uplifting. Right. It's, the, the entire thing is designed to make you feel good mm. without actually taking in any information at all. And the imagery, the imagery is uh, is almost like stock imagery of people working in factories, but being happy about working in factories and kids learning in schools and Kevin Rudd with these kids in schools and Kevin Rudd with people in factories wearing high-visibility vests. And there's a lot of the personality of, of Kevin Rudd. Let's let's make him a, uh, a respectable person who cares about other people. But there's no substance in there. None whatsoever. No. There was uplifting music. There was a calm voice telling us all to just bar down and and believe in, in a more reasonable future. When was that released? That was released Sunday night uh, so during the couple channel. Of after a couple of hours after. A couple of hours after the announcement. Is yeah. there another one? Did the um, other team come up with one? Yeah, the, uh, the, uh, the Liberals did come up with an ad. 
We have it here right now. Oh. Australia has always been the land of opportunity, a place where every day can be a great day. And we've grown as a nation because we believe in having a go. We believe in backing ourselves to meet the challenges that lie ahead. Mm -hmm. At this election, Australia has the most important choice in a generation. The chance for all of us to share new hope, new rewards and new opportunities. More for families, better services, a stronger economy and better government. That's what our plan will deliver real hope, real rewards and real opportunities for all Australians. Authorised by Lock Nain, Liberal Party Canberra. You see, with that one, what they've done is just use that uh, Ken Burns effect plug-in. You see, what, what they've done, it's, it's what they've done with, uh, what they've done with that one is they've taken Kevin Rudd's ad and verbatim repeated it just with 20 seconds less. They're, they're that's exact- a winning strategy. <laughs> their ad is shorter. I think mm. that, that there's research. Well, that's, they've, they've got my vote currently because their ad is 20 seconds shorter. But the, the, the difference between the two messages is basically zero. There is, there is no difference. There's also no difference between the imagery. We see exactly the same imagery. In fact, I think, I think there's even the exact same picture of somebody holding up a semiconductor in, uh, in both ads. It, it, opens, it opens with a baby, though. And Man. a woman and a baby. Oh, there's, yeah. like, there's like four women in the first 20 seconds of that ad. Yeah, yeah how, many women, how many women in, uh, in, in Kevin Rudd's ad? Uh, well, none, because Laura- it's pretty much just him. No, but I saw also- Laura Smythe. There was, Laura Smythe was in there. Oh, okay. Right. Also, there there's it's, it's mostly about him. Also, there's a complete absence of uh, any video of Tony Abbott. Uh, no, so that's so he's, he's just that one still following his him. form from uh, the 730 report. He's been missing in action on and uh, Q&A. So he's... he's Obviously, it, it seems like a Liberal Party strategy to that people don't Keep want to see. They, they want to forget the questions. Yeah. But, but he flies business class just like you, Brett Cropley. I've never That's flown a, business class. That photo, him staring out the window on a plane, it looks like a presidential photo. It does, it, doesn't it? It's, it's like what to. you'd see in like Harrison Ford doing in Air Force One. It's like one, one. of the, the shots from uh, the opening of West Wing. There's yeah, no one else around him. That's a that's a lot of it's uh, a waste of it's a waste of carbon or something. Isn't Actually, it? The yeah, he's music, got a huge carbon footprint. The music is very <laughs> much like Snuffy W. Walton. Snuffy Walton's uh, West Wing theme as I, well. I was going to say though, they both sound like they've paid no money for music. They've just used what the free stuff <laughs> they can find in Garage Band. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. It's like it's it's not. There's no soul. There's no passion in that music. It's just well, we got to have some music underneath. And then unfortunately, the the Abbott ad has got slightly better music. Because, yeah, like you say, it sounds like presidential and the, the Kevin Rudd music is kind of just, what is that mm. in the background? There's, uh, there's a lot of white people in both ads. Yes, there are. Uh, Australia is a land made up of white people, Josh. That's why we have to turn back the boats. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, uh, I don't know if irony works when people can't see your face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if irony works when people can't see his face, Ben. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. What so about that's, the uh, sex party? What did they come well, up with? Well, sex sex party have uh, have come up with with nothing so far. Uh, I don't, Surely I the Greens has got to be all singing or dancing. Well, they're trying to raise money for an ad. They don't have any money. They, yeah, so they have they have no ad. All they have is a media release mm-hmm. that says uh, the the Australian Greens have unveiled plans for fixed terms with the first Saturday in spring to become the permanent election date every three years. And why? Because without that, the ALP and the Libs are always going to be first to get their ads to TV. This is, uh, this is a, a quote in the media release from Christine Milne. 
The immediate rush of Labour to TV advertising post the election announcement shows how partisan and unfair the advantage is for the incumbent. This has been ruthlessly abused by Kevin Rudd with the onslaught of Labour TV advertising on Sunday night. So they were pretty quick to get that media release out. It's, it's the green zone. I don't buy it. But, uh, but, the, uh, but the leaves were pretty quick to get their ad out. And, uh, and that ad could quite easily have been put together hastily within a, about five or six they, hours. They would have had it. But they they would both have, would have had those all together. Right. Expecting it any day to be announced. So why haven't the Greens got theirs ready? Like, what, why do they Why do they release a, a media release saying, oh, well, uh, TV's to blame? They could be the, talking about actually buying the space. Mm. Sure, but in the past we've seen uh, we've seen campaigns launched uh, with space bought and then uh, and then on sold to someone else. Like they they can turn this space around pretty quickly. Mm. The Greens don't have that much uh, loose cash. Stick it on the internet. That's free. They're um well the Greens actually they're they're already appealing to Green voters and registered members to, for donations to try and get money together in specific electorates where they they have a good chance of winning. Adam Band, for example, Melbourne. is currently raising money for his re-election campaign, um, and the way that it's phrased is that they have previously really concentrated on all the grassroots stuff, but now they realise you know with this massive media onslaught they have to get on television at least in places like Melbourne where people are likely to vote Green. So that's in the works, but I, I think they. You know, it's it's expensive. The, making the ad, I think, is less the problem than paying for to get it on air and having the arrangements in place to do that quickly. And if you haven't done that before, I don't know what the turnaround is like with organising an advertising campaign, but surely the Labor and Liberal have got existing arrangements with all the networks. They know who to contact. They know how to organise it. The Greens maybe don't have as much experience with that. The, uh, the, the Greens are the only ones to come out, though, with actual uh, actual opinions Mm. And policies <laughs> and and policies. I mean, it's it's a crazy policy, but it's a but but it's a, a policy. You know, I, I don't want to make value judgments, but it's nuts. Uh, the 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 uh, the. <laughs> You, you think uh, you think they're on a bit of the green, yeah, Dave Lawson? Probably on the wacky tabacky. <laughs> well, we'll make an ad tomorrow. We'll do it. No, they're great. They're they're they're, they're great. <laughs> yeah, everyone everyone loves everyone. It's good. It's yeah. good. The uh, uh, going back to Kevin Rudd's ad though, and. And the thing that gets me so, so angry about his ad is that he starts with negative campaigning, but it's reverse negative campaigning. Our nation faces many new challenges, and I know for sure that the old politics of negativity just won't work. We're a nation of just 23 million. To compete, we must be a smarter nation. That's it. Just the, the I am sure that uh, that negativity won't work so he's that's a preemptive strike on negativity he's sure is going to come from the other side or is it about negatively managing the country no 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 it's about campaigning okay it's about campaigning and discussion because we've only seen like three years of of the most the most negative that i've ever seen from an opposition uh, over these last three years and media it's been, yeah. it's been it has been really a, a really negative few years in terms really of, yeah. of of politics and coverage uh but I don't think that he's talking about that I think he's talking about uh let's not have negativity in this uh in this campaign because they've got uh, quotes on tape from from many ALP members talking about how bad uh, Kevin Rudd is yeah this is the, this yeah. is the start this is so this is the start of the campaign where everyone's being nice to each other 
But they, I mean, what I happened? I cannot wait for two weeks. Do in. you remember though, like a while back? I think it was before Kevin Rudd became prime minister again. There was a Liberal Party ad that got. I don't know if it was leaked online or what, but they had one ready to go that was super. Ne- oh no, it was afterwards because it was just after he got back into power. They started running an ad which was how crap is Kevin Rudd? Here's all the reasons why you shouldn't vote for him. So they already had started a negative election campaign, effectively. Yep. Before this ad came out. And I that which is interesting to me because I'm like, if if they could have started running ads already, then why did they wait until the election was called? Why didn't they just start knowing that the election would come at some point? Because there was already that liberal ad out there. Why weren't there corresponding Labor ads? I mean, you you have had government advertising for government schemes and services and stuff, which are always suspect when they come out around election time. It's like, well, is this really public service announcement or is this just an election ad in disguise? But yeah, why why has one side started early and the other side sort of not so early? It seemed a bit weird. Look, I, I don't know who you're going to vote for, Dave Lawson, mm-hmm. but I'm going to vote for whoever gives me a sausage. Mm. Oh, the, the, the local church hall. <laughs> vote for them. That's who's getting my vote on election day. If you watch one thing. Dave Lawson, if you were going to watch one thing this week. I'm on Time of Our Lives. Is it finished or is that still going? Are you on that? No, I'm not on it. I'm on to, I'm on to watching it. Oh, you're on to watching no, it? No. Time of Our Lives? What, what is that? Have you not seen it? No. ABC. Sunday night. ABC One. Not, I'm not familiar with that channel. With, with uh, Rue from Home and Away and uh, Kenny and... The guy from the castle. Yeah. Mike, Michael Caton. No, no, Michael. What's the, 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 the other the, bloke? The guy from the, the Toyota ads that isn't Dave Lawson. The guy from the Toyota ads who isn't... Dave Lawson. No, the other guy. The one that's not Dave Lawson. The one Dipper. that... No, the one that... <laughs> Lee Matthews. Oh, Lee, 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 Lee Matthews. <laughs> no, the guy that dug a, dug a hole. Stephen. Stephen. Stephen Curry. Oh! That's good. It's good. Cla- Claudia Carvan. Oh, this sounds, this sounds like a good... Oh, it's got half, you the, lost half the comedians in Melbourne are in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does Mick have Malloy? Uh, not, see, not seen it. Not seen, seen it. Not seen it. No, I, I thought yeah. it's... Because um, I think it's, it seems like it's the grown-up secret life of us. Yeah. Like, they've all grown up a bit. They've got nice houses. Everyone's pretty comfortable. They've got a few problems. But um, it's nice. It's nice to watch. But and, and I think it's great. I love it. Time, time of our lives. Mm. ABC One. Maybe uh, can I get, think get it on. Get it on call, it's here. called Tool, though. Time of our lives. Tool. Uh, okay. Tool. You just call it Tool. That's the hashtag. Hashtag, hashtag Tool. Hashtag tool. Yeah. yeah. I'm guessing. It tool, would be. Tool Quanda. Tool. Ben, did you, did you have a thing or was your, was your one thing uh, My four, one thing has been thwarted. Well, yeah, that, well, that's passed. Um, so my, um, my one thing was going to be everything on iview because i was supposed to be getting connected to the nbn on monday this week mm-hmm. didn't happen it's been delayed so <sighs> can't can't watch everything on iview that's a great story but brett brett <laughs> my one thing uh is <laughs> something that's coming up near, on sunday on abc one it's uh, a three-parter i believe it's the iraq war you know that's happened already uh, it has happened but uh this is this is the uh, slightly delayed feed all right which which uh which iraq war uh, the second one? The second it, American, Storm, was that? Um, American Iraq War. The W one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So Kim Beasley's in there and, and W's in there. And, yeah. It looks interesting. So that's, uh, that's taking over from mm. uh, First Footprints, which mm. finished up last night. Stuart Lee has a new uh, two-hour comedy special. 
which was apparently on ABC2 at some point. Yeah, yeah. now it's on iView. It is on iView for another, well, at time of recording, 16 days. Stuart Lee, uh, Carpet Remnant World. It is excellent, Stuart Lee, as you would expect. If you have not, uh, if you have not yet seen Stuart Lee do stand-up comedy, uh, firstly, shame on you. Secondly, shame on you. Thirdly, get back in your hole! It's one of the best stand-up comedians I've ever seen in my life. Uh, top three. Top Why? Three Why, Josh? Does he have top jokes? Uh, he Good understands comedy at a level greater than most other people in the world. He also works harder on his comedy shows than most comedians I'm I'm aware of. Really, uh, really spending the time to write killer material with depths and levels that are beyond compare. It's it's an easy easy out just to say it's it's so meta, um, but it's it's so self aware and a lot of the set is actually made up of him pointing out how how you actually do a comedy set. Yeah, yeah, and the rest of it is uh, is Brett Cropley explaining jokes. <laughs> is that the well, one though? Is that the one where he basically does the impression of Michael McIntyre, where he runs around the stage yes, and says, "Yes, nothing? that's hilarious. Yes. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen." Just taking the piss out of a style of comedy that he doesn't like, and I'm like, it's, I get that. And he does that. He does that a lot. It's very clever. Um, it's very. It's mean potentially, but it's very funny. There was a series that he did uh, not long, not too long ago. Was it Comedy Vehicle? Yeah, Stuart Lee Comedy Stuart Vehicle. Comedy where, vehicle. Where at one point he ends up on the fence in in the audience, and he, he loves dropping the mic and shouting. He's uh, he's, he's an excellent comedian. I view uh, Stuart Lee. That's uh, that's my one thing. So, uh, just shortly before leaving us, uh, John Richards decided that uh, he wanted to create the creepiest, uh, the creepiest box cutters sting. Created the Ben's hat sting. Uh, I think he wins. I think that's way creepier than the one thing sting. Mm, mm. Way, way creepier. It's certainly much more tense. I know I I get frightened not knowing what's going to happen afterwards, and I'm the thing that happens after it. Ben McKenzie, you've been so quiet all, all episode. I, I, I hope that that's been because you've been, uh, you've been collecting lots of, uh, I don't know, what is that thing? What's the thing that someone keeps under a bowler hat made out of their own hair, Brad? Facts. <gasps> is it facts, Ben? Yes, it's facts, Josh. I've got some facts. Uh, here's a fact about Michael Dorn. So we talked about the fact that uh, the other Michael, uh, who was supposedly the most famous Klingon in Star Trek, had died at the age of 91. Clearly not the most famous uh, Klingon in Star Trek. The most famous Klingon, of course, is Worf. Michael Dorn. Khan. Khan. Khan's the most. Uh, Michael Dorn played Worf in. He made 281 appearances as Worf in films and television episodes. Because he was also in Deep Space Nine. Yes, he was. And in uh, he was in one of the original series films as well, playing a different Klingon named Worf, who is clearly an ancestor of his. Ah. Um, and there's, there was some talk last year that he was working on perhaps making a spin-off titled, uh, rather imaginatively, Star Trek Captain Worf. So, who knows? That might happen. Uh, I, th- I thought he was going to make uh, Worf and Mindy. I, I think I think they missed a trick by not calling it Worf Speed. Um, oh, but yeah, there you that's... Go. People might think it was about a starship that can't go below, you know, Warp 1 or it'll explode. Warp Factor 5. 
Yeah, Wolf Factor 5, it could do it. Um, all right, so Rectify, I looked up a few things. So um, I don't think you mentioned that it's the first original show from the Sundance channel. Oh, no, I meant to. It's uh, I meant to, I was then too busy screaming at Brett. Yeah, <laughs> but it is. Um, they are a channel which usually plays independent films and news articles and items about the Sundance Film Festival and other film events. So this is their first ever original drama series and, in fact, the only one that they're airing uh, as far as I could find out. Top of the Lake was a uh, Sundance Channel co-production. Uh, Sundance Top Channel, like BBC. UK or TV. UK TV. End, it was ABC here. Yep. Um, Aidan Young was in Cozzy, Paradise Road, Mao's Last Dancer, and East West 101. But he was also, you forgot to mention, in The Crocodile Hunter, Collision Course. Oh. oh. I, I almost came in with that. I think that's where he, he picked up his, that's uh, where his he got famous. proper acting chops. And from, he is, from uh, Steve. he's in the upcoming Australian-American action thriller film, I, Frankenstein, where he will play... Dr. Victor Frankenstein. Oh. Hmm. Is, it, is, there a, is there a comma there or is it a, a sentence? Like, I Frankenstein. No, you Fra- a- they're just verbing Frankenstein. There's a comma. You Frankenstein. Hey, can you Frankenstein that thing over to me? <laughs> it's already a verb, isn't it? It should be. Uh, oh, the other thing I looked up... I found only, only for people who Frankenstein language. Now, I, I found a review of Rectify uh, in the New York Times that said something very odd. Like, they, they made a very interesting call as to when the show jumps the shark in its first season. They didn't use that language. But what they said was, uh, this is Mike Hale in the New York Times said, for about an episode and a quarter, it's very good television. <laughs> and then after that, no good. <laughs> That's what he said. Uh, that's very precise. That is point. very, very precise. The first 12 minutes or so of that second episode was are there, great. Was there a plot point that he, he names? Or is he just being arbitrary? He's just being arbitrary. He's like, yes, this, this show is worth 1.25 episodes, and I'm giving it two and six quarters of a star. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying he's using nonsensical language, Josh. It's, uh, it's fine. Da, da, da. Almost as soon as the episode starts, the qualities of surprise and humanity seem to fade. He doesn't, he doesn't say when. He doesn't say. Like, there's no particular point other than uh, other than an episode in a quarter. Was it where he got caught wanking? Uh, he does not say. That's about an episode in a quarter in. The, uh, are you talking about the writer or...? <laughs> no, the main character with his sister out in the hallway. Uh, topical. Let's see. It's good. Um, okay, so uh, finally, I don't buy it. <laughs> uh, I looked up a couple of facts about how... Uh, how Political parties are funded is, to, d- does it turn to out, run a campaign. Does it turn out the, the Greens aren't just lazy on wacky tobacco? Is that... Uh, well, no, it's based on uh, the, the, the government funding that you get as a political party to run your campaign uh, is based on the number of formal first preference votes that you get. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's, there's an indexed rate per vote that you get. And in 2010, that rate was 231.191 cents per formal first preference vote. So that's $2.30. One right, so so that that favours the incumbent. That probably favours the incumbent more than well, being you, able to call when the election is. You would think so, but apparently, including money raised from other sources as well as the government funding that you get at the last election, the coalition raised one hundred and eighteen million dollars for mm-hmm. their campaign. Labor had ninety million dollars, and the Greens had thirteen million dollars. Well, Surely maybe the current government can is the one who hands that cash out and. Can't they just... No, that's lab- the AEC. No, the AEC organises the cash. Oh, so it's not, not, it's not K-Rod no. going no. to Tony. Well, you know what? We're, we don't, we're a bit short this yeah. year, mate. Yeah, there's a deficit. There's no money for elections. <laughs> we can't. I'd love to help you out, but you just made use, our ad. got to use music off GarageBand now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Ben McKenzie. It's a pleasure. Those are some great facts. Hey, um, when I... 
cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. If you're listening to this, the Nudge Live event for August has already been... (gasps) What? If you're hearing this message... The Nudge Live event for August has already been. It was last. Uh, it was last Wednesday. We had a great time. Huh. Oh, I missed it. Damn it! <laughs> I've pulled the microphone off Look, the stand. Dave, Dave Lawson. <laughs> Dave, Dave Lawson. The uh, uh, the 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 times I've spent box cutting with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it this time? Have you uh, know Dave's yeah. staying? Yeah, I know. Good. Yeah. I know. Nobody else did. <laughs> well, Dave and I did. Yeah, mate. Yeah, you failed to mention it to anyone. Josh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on the sinking ship. <laughs> so he's trying to be the captain. Uh, unlike some of the rats around here who are jumping into the water, but it has been lovely um, sitting next to you, mate. I wish you greener pastures or whatever you say to people who are doing doing the sort of thing you're doing. That's right. SS Box Cutters 2.0 coming up soon. That's my favourite thing ever. Ben, ben can, you just, can you just talk about Splendid Chaps and then, and then we'll go. I can't, I can't top that. I've, no, I've, I'd... I've, lo- like, Dave, I've had some, some of the best laughs on this show from, from Dave Lawson and I, I think that's just I- exceptional. You're, you're, uh, we should leave it at that then. So, yeah, so let's, let's leave it at that with me laughing at his excellent joke before, uh, before we start punching each other to show who's more manly. <laughs> ben... Uh, Yes. Splendid Chaps. Splendid Chaps. So our next sound, our August one, is coming up on August the 11th. Uh, that's a Sunday. It starts at 5 p.m. at Bar Open, 317 at Brunswick Street. Uh, we're talking about the Eighth Doctor, Paul McGann, and the theme of science, because it is National Science Week. And our guests include uh, biologist and geneticist Jack Scanlon, astrophysicist Dr. Alan Duffy, and science communicator Ali Ford. So we've got actual qualified scientists to talk about the science in Doctor Who, uh, along with all the usual music oh, and prizes and stuff. So. Say, say again for the uh, for the people who are distracted by uh, watching Dave try to fix his microphone. <laughs> I don't think any of those people are in the podcast audience, Josh. It's just you, uh, and no, you never come. Just so say, I don't think I need to tell you. <laughs> say uh, say when it's on again. Not that I'm bitter. Uh, it is on uh, Sunday, August the 11th at 5 p.m. at Bar Open upstairs at 317 Brunswick Street, Fitzroy. You know the very first Splendid Chaps I bought a ticket to. But did you and come uh, to the show, Josh? No, I was uh, I, I was too ill to to come, and then uh, oh yeah, and, and so I, I sold I sold my ticket to someone who turned up at the door and wanted to uh, uh, want really wanted to go. That so was you sold it. sold out gig. You that was nice. I made so much money on that, so much money. Did uh, you? No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I don't even think I took any money for it at all. Oh, what a nice man! You I are. gave it to someone. I don't know if he paid for it or not, but somebody gave him my ticket. Or somebody got it. Well, that, that first one was sold out, and it was a full house, so yeah. somebody did take it. Yeah, clearly, that was that was, uh, that, that, that was good. So, Dave Lawson, you're uh, you're continuing on with yeah, with I'm, mate, I'm here, mate, I love it. Uh, but uh, I'm not, and uh, we're going to organise a, a thing at a at a diner. Yeah. Uh, next week to uh, just to you know little little send. I'm organising my own send off party. <laughs> so. Because that's that's exactly the kind of caring that I expect from the box cutters team. So uh, if if you can make it, we'll uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do a thing at a if, diner if, next week. If Hollywood hasn't called, I'll be there. It's uh, so great. So you'll be there. Great. great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that brings us to the end of box cutters episode three hundred and forty nine. I want to say thanks very much 
Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. David Lawson. Ben McKenzie. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bad time. Same bad channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Box Cutters is produced by Josh Canal with Brett Cropley and John Richards and help from Courtney Hocking and Dave Lawson. Peter Wilson from Soup Giant is the man behind making sure you can actually download stuff. He's good that way. We'd like to thank 3RRR, the greatest radio station in the world, for letting us use their studios to record this podcast. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you listen to radio the old-fashioned way. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can show your appreciation by leaving a positive review on iTunes or maybe just telling some friends what they're missing out on. You can also donate actual cash money to us by using the donate button at the top of our website. Donating helps keep the show alive and makes us smile. Our website is boxcutters.net and you can find all sorts of ways to contact us there. So Dave, uh, do you know uh, you know how we do the credits? Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then we say a little thing and mm-hmm. then and then Pete Smith talks. Do you, mm-hmm. do, do, do you know about that? Yeah. Have you ever listened to the show? Yeah, once or twice, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. What's your favourite bit? Pork. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Gutters.